Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we tell stories based on worlds that we built on episode 118. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. I mean, I need to just like figure out a better way of doing that. Anyways, Cody, how are you doing, my dear friend? You know, good. I, I would like to point out that we're writing pages and pages and pages of text. And it would it feels like you could at some point in that write an intro that doesn't feel like you're okay, scrabbling at the last second to I, I say do love something how, that is okay even you, li- you literally I think you're doing partially just because like, we're writing pages and pages of a story. I edit all of the shows even when you get them to be late. I make sure they're out by Thursday. Hang on, it, hang it, on. Hang, hang on. Are you trying to imply that I could instead do the intro? Is that what you're trying I, to no, say No, right what I'm now? trying to imply is that I don't have time to scrabble this together before oh, we cool. start doing Would the show. Would you like me to start doing the intro, or are you going to be weird about it again? I'm going to be weird about it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I'm sorry, man. Like... The control freak in me needs to do the intro, and that's just how it's going to have to go, dude. And I'm sorry for that. I no, I recognize it as my problem, and I hope you understand. The result of that is I'm going to make fun of your intros every time you do them slightly wrong. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I think that's a good trade-off. It is. I, <laughs> I, think, so. I think it's like, I, I'm allowed to control the show, and you can make fun of me for it. Perfect. Yep. I think it works. It's a good trade-off. Anyways, Cody, what have you been doing recently? Okay, so... I don't want. I don't want to spend too much time on my. I have two things, and I don't want to spend too much time on the first one because it's okay. something I'm guessing you're going to interact with at some point. King um, Kong vs. So, Godzilla. Yeah, I watched. Um, I what whatever it's called, King Kong vs. I think it it's just Kong, Kong. I think it's Kong vs. Godzilla or Godzilla vs. King Kong. I don't know. Yeah, so I watched that one. You saw um, all. Okay, so I only saw the first thirty minutes of it. Oh, yeah. okay. So you've seen some of it then. Yeah, yeah. I guess all up to the big boat fight at the very beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I will say this. Uh, I like it better than what is it? Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Yeah, is King of the Monsters. The... Yeah, that's a previous one. I I like it better than that because I feel like it, it it embraces itself being a little bit more goofy. Yeah. And um. It, it just kind of, I don't know, it, it just worked better for me as a movie. Like, it just felt like cheesy popcorn, and I was okay with that. Um, I think that, yeah, I think that some of the issue with Godzilla, King of the Monsters, was it, well, one, it was just way too many monster fights, and yeah. there just wasn't that much cool to look at, although there is eventually kind of a lot of that in this movie. But yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I am looking forward to talking to you about it more, though, because I, I do have, like, questions and thoughts on I liked what I saw. I, I liked what I saw. Well, I, all the human stuff where it was, like, the characters trying to add in the melodrama of why this stuff has to happen, it's all going to be dumb. It's always going to be dumb. But the freaking boat fight was so cool. It just, it's, again, like I said with King of Monsters, it's just that big, dumb like fight that I never thought I would actually see on a mainstream big school well, not big screen because we watched it at home but still I never thought I would see mainstream this big dumb monster fight where everybody's talking about it I never thought this was going to be a popular thing and actually seeing it executed and executed like in a fun cool way I thought it's great I liked it I liked King of the Monsters, I again, I thought it was really dumb and hokey at times, but I did like the, the monster fighting and like the just Godzilla versus Ghidorah stuff was really fun. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious what you're going to think about the end of this movie. I, I, I want you to finish well, it because we need okay. to talk about it. 
So this is, I mean, this is more a spoil for me. You've already seen it, but I know he's there. I've been waiting for him for years. Mecha Godzilla is finally on the big screen. I've been waiting for this for years. Mecha freaking Godzilla. As a kid, because I liked robots and stuff, and now I still like big monsters. Take that and combine the original Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla movie oh, yeah. is dumb. It is a dumb movie. And I love every the part second where his of fingers, it. His fingers were rockets, weren't they? Yeah. Yes, yeah. it's so dumb. It's so I stupid. I love those movies. I watched so many of those movies. So I actually I looked up a bunch of like of the Godzilla movies and monsters today because everybody's been talking about Godzilla, and I forgot that Space Godzilla exists. Look it at went a off the of rails. Sp- look at a picture of Space Godzilla. Bonkers. It's just Godzilla with giant crystals in him. Look at Space Godzilla really quick because he's okay. like he's such a dumb monster. Like there's a lot of really cool Godzilla monsters, but Space Godzilla is one of the dumb ones. Woof! Oh, that yeah, looks it's like just they Godzilla it with big crystals. Yeah, and he kind of. Oh no! 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 What did they do? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> to my that, beautiful that's, boy. That's, no, no, that's not actual Godzilla. That's space Godzilla. That's evil Godzilla. He's an evil clone from space. I love the the potent silence there. My like, boy, my beautiful <laughs> boy. What, what have they done to my son? Oh, they ruined it. <laughs> It's so <laughs> but, bad. But yeah, yeah. And I used to eat those movies up. So actually, like, I I didn't get to see Mecha Godzilla last night. So hopefully, I don't have HBO Max myself, but hopefully someone will let me bum that off them or watch it with me so I can finish that movie. Because I had to go to bed and there was a big group watching it. So I didn't get oh, to see it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, that's why I didn't okay, get to see it all. Okay, I found a very sexy drawing of Space Godzilla. Send, send, send it to me, please, because i got to see this stupidness. But anyways, okay, what's your here. other thing as you send me this dumb picture? Hang hang on, i got to... Just send it in DM. Don't send it in the general thing, because I want to keep it clean, even though we don't have a real server. What? The only people on this server are me and you? And Diana. We don't need Diana getting in on this. Oh, well, I mean, I feel like Diana should want to, is going to want to Okay, see fine. This. I'm going to send it to, I mean, I'm going to send it to Diana regardless. Just send it Here, to her. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll upload it to our, to our. Anyways, Cody, what's your other thing? Okay, so this is the big one. This is the big one. Oh, no. I, I own a grill, right? And oh, I like God, grilling. Coke. I'm a dad. Yeah, it's, it's all the way, it's all the way dad, I know, but. <laughs> all I have the a very, way bad. No, I said all the way dad. It's just oh, all, all dad down. stuff all the way down. Yeah. Um, but here's the good thing about grilling. My son loves to be outside and my wife loves to have breaks from being a parent every once in a while. So it works out really nice if I can go outside, but I also usually cook dinner. So, um, which I'm not saying that in a complainy way, like my wife deals with my son. She's a stay at home mom. So yeah, she yeah. You're complaining about evenings. how much work your, your wife puts towards your son. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, our domestic like splitting of chores is very fair. That's not the point. Point is, I cook dinner, um, so it's nice to be able to cook outside because I can keep an eye on my son because he's old enough now that he'll like play in the dirt and like push his little trucks around and go and go down a slide that we have for him and like run at swings and stuff. It's great. He loves being outside, yeah. and I get to cook. But I've always had an issue with my grill. I got a very cheap grill and it does not heat up. If it's cold outside, the grill just doesn't get hot ever. And so I I started doing some research and I was talking to one of my friends who got a better grill than me. And I was like, your grill will heat up, right? And he's like, oh yeah, it'll get up to 600 degrees. No problem in there, you know? 
And I start thinking about that, and I'm like, you know, um, why do I have to... Hang on. Gosh, Cody, I'm like literally into the story, and then you're getting a call? Sorry, there was a phone break there. So my grill has never heated up. I've always been dissatisfied with it. So I started doing some research into pressure regulators as they are associated with propane tanks. Generally, your grill pressure regulator is sitting at about 0.2 PSI. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is my grill has a little side burner on it, like a regular like, yeah, burner. Get to the point. If you turn on the side burner, grill stops working. So here's what I did. I went on Amazon and I found an adjustable 20 PSI pressure regulator. <laughs> now, that is a hundred times bigger yes, than the pressure big. regulator that was on the grill. And so then I, I cut the hose... Right, and then I went to Menards, and I got all of the adapters and fittings I needed to go from the hose, the cutoff hose from my grill to this new pressure regulator. My grill now sounds like a jet taking off, and it, <laughs> I turned it on, and the grill lit on fire. <laughs> and now it's supposed to be on fire. It's a grill, but I mean, like... The top the of the grill just, the whole caught on fire. fire. The inside of it caught on fire. <laughs> and I had it, I like closed the pressure regulator all the way and just like cracked it. And then started the grill. And it was like... <gasps> Cody, you just destroyed the mic, dude. Yeah. But uh, also, I just... God. See, it's this stuff. This... It's so, this. anyways, really I is. made it's, some it's, chicken This is why teriyaki. I call you a trash person. So, I if you ever some... wonder why I call Cody a trash person, this is why. Yeah, it's, it's because of stuff like this. A, so, he, I made some chicken teriyaki, man. and uh, that grill is real nice now. It really works. It does its <laughs> job. Girl, just, it was this in the possum story that you told a long time ago. That's the reasons I call you trash. <laughs> Which possum story? I have so many. <laughs> the one where you, like... Tried to like put it. I think you tried to put it in a bucket, or was it a bucket or something? That yeah, it one? was. It was that I got a possum in a bucket and then didn't know what to do. With <laughs> yeah, it. you you got it in a bucket and you had no clue what else to do about it. But I anyways. feel like people think possums are cute because they've never seen one in the wild or had one like trying to attack you or seen how big its fangs are. Possums. I mean, I don't think are... they're cute because a possum killed my father. <laughs> That's a joke. What? <laughs> you know my my dad is alive. Well, I mean, he might have died he's recently, just he just didn't yeah. tell me. <laughs> yeah, that's how I break it to you. It's like, yeah, Cody, I don't think possums are cute because my dad was murdered by a possum. I mean, my sister-in-law's <laughs> dad was almost killed by a kitten um, because it <laughs> bit his hand. And then it was like a feral cat and his hand swelled up like five oh, times no. the size it was supposed to be. And then Cody. he had to go to the ER because he couldn't move his fingers no more. And his hand was like rotting off, you know. So he got, like, Yikes. a real bad infection, and they okay, had to, Okay, like... Cody. Anyways, are you done with your story, and I can talk about stuff I've been doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you want to talk more about how good my chicken teriyaki was. It was very good chicken I mean, if you teriyaki. want to send me the re if you want to send me the recipe, you can. You know you could always send me recipes, right? That's true. Have you made my uh, lentil curry yet? No, I, I haven't, because I've been um, eating very, very specific lunches, and I, I'll, I'll add it in to, like, maybe a weekend um, dinner. Not this weekend because I'm try um, making some stuff for Easter for my parents, but um, oh. yeah. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll make that curry. Don't worry about it. Don't curry about it. 
I didn't like that that just happened at all. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to leave that entire silence in. Don't worry about it. Just silence. Um. So what I've been doing, Um. what I've been doing, Um. watching more anime. But yeah, really the big thing I wanted to talk about, because I didn't know you had watched it, was going to talk about um, Godzilla and Kong. And just the, the joy of, like, I haven't really watched movies recently. Oh, we watched Kung Pao last night, too. Yeah! I love that so, movie. That movie's so ridiculous. It, I appreciate it much more now that I'm older and I understand what humor is. But when I was a kid and watched it, I didn't get it. I just didn't get any of it, and it was real dumb. Now it's dumb but funny. So I appreciate How, that it. was like kid fodder for me. That was like elementary school Cody. I was very Kung self. I was repeat. very self serious as a kid. Oh, I was not. I was not that yeah. at all. Yeah, 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 no. I, I was so, so, but I, I, we watched Kung Pao and it was great. But yeah, I've just been watching, you know, animes. Um, we have a group where we watch um, a couple episodes of anime every week. It's, it's been good. Um, Terror and Resonance, I won't really speak about it until I finish it, but the soundtrack is by Yoko Kano, the same woman who did um, Cowboy Bebop soundtrack and did the um, Ghost in the Shell soundtracks. Well, standalone comic soundtrack. So, like, heavy hitter when it comes to music in that show. And the music in that show is real good. There's, like, a lot of just, like, really well-directed scenes. And, like, just, like, pair very well with music. And it's like, good job, guys. Good job. But, um... Oh, and then on top of that, I've been watching Shameless, which, again, don't really want to talk about because there are a lot of problematic things in Shameless. And then, uh... Before this episode started, I finished the season mid-season finale of Riverdale. Oh, yeah. want to say, I'm not going to do spoilers, but they've gotten so off the rails, and all the characters are split up in scenes, that the longest scene, I think, in the show today was two minutes long. <laughs> the shortest being 20 seconds. So it literally went scene, 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 so fast that, like... I had no clue. Like, I honestly couldn't repeat what happened because so much happened in this episode that they, like, like I said, the longest scene was two minutes. It's like well, two and minutes and 40 show, seconds. It's like, dang, dude. I think that show had the problem where they had like five characters to start with or like four. Yeah. It was like Archie, Veronica, Jughead, and Betty. And they were all Betty. usually together. Yeah. And they it were was all like, usually together. So, like, you could have, like, larger seasons and now that they're all split up it's like see well, and, and then they just like keep adding characters like every random like i i want to call them snake faces but that's not the gang um fang boys the aren't they the serpents the south side serpents ev like every south side serpent that comes in at one point and has like swept back hair and a jacket and is like hi i'm snifflepuff the Southside Serpent. I He's will like say a you character. said Fang Boys, and one of the characters' name is Fangs. That's what I'm saying. But the problem is now Fangs is a character with an arc, and I'm like, stop it! You have too many. I don't care about Fangs. I don't know him. <laughs> like he just okay. showed up five minutes ago. And I will say, um, no, no spoilers, of course, but there is an alien plot right now. Yes, 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 yes. Keep it trash. Like, but like, that's why I want to. I just want to know, like, how are they gonna like try to spin this so that it exists in a reality? Because right now, it doesn't now, exist none of this in stuff... a reality. 
It's so bonkers. Who well, there's even some cares there's anymore? some stuff that happens where it's like, oh no, it was just people behind it the whole time. So I'm wondering how they're going to twist it and that the aliens subplot is actually humans and not aliens doing it. It's just none of literally none of the story actually makes sense. The show doesn't make sense. It's not. I would good. just so much I rather it like be it. aliens. Yes, that's what it w- I would rather it be, but it's not going to because I keep trying to put it in a reality. We live in a society. Oh, I never talked about that with you. I watched the Joker movie. Oh yeah, you know how we'll, we'll talk about it sometime. We we got to get to the shows. It, it was fine. Like again, I said this even without watching. It, it's like if it wasn't like Batman Joker movie, it would just be an okay movie that people would have brushed under the rugs. But because it was set in the Batman universe, it got all this attention. It's just an okay movie that should just be brushed under the rug. It's like not special. It's not really that important. It's just an okay, like it's well done, but it's just okay. I didn't care. That's the sort of, I felt, I felt it's like, it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. It just didn't, like, I it, get it. It, it was I, also I very predictable, too. Yeah, I wasn't, like, confused by what it was doing. I don't want people to think, like, oh, you just didn't understand. That's what people are what always going to do. You to understand. Like... I understood. They did um, Taxi Driver, and they did The King of Comedy, but only The Joker. Yeah, and it's like, this is not a new archetype. This is not no. a new kind of story. This is Rejected not, from like... society goes into some sort of violence somehow. Watch King of Comedy. It's a better version yeah. of this. Like, You've seen that movie, right? No, actually, I haven't. Oh, okay, yeah. It's basically it's literally the same thing where it's like this aspiring comedian type guy. He's just kind of mentally gray. It's like he he has some issues, and then by the end of it, he ends up committing a crime. And yeah, it's just, it, it's a it's it goes off the rails because yeah, and it, it's also it's funny because it's also Robert De Niro. Who is the expiring com- comedian who's trying to aspire to be like the talk show host? Who basically, it's if Robert De Niro and Joaquin Phoenix switch places, switch roles, like Robert De Niro would have been in Joaquin Phoenix's role. Also, great acting on Joaquin Phoenix. Great acting. You know, my brother. Dude needs to eat a little bit more, but great acting. My brother was all about that, right? He was like, if acting is this ability to like stand in a stage and present an emotion, he's like, Joaquin Phoenix was incredible in that movie. You have to at least admit that. And I'm like, do I though? Cause I felt nothing. I felt nothing. <laughs> he did a good job. And it's like what I'm doing when I'm watching shameless, like the thing that I've noticed is like, I, there's a character in shameless that I absolutely hate. And it's like, Oh no, that's, he's just so well acted that I like, Every time I even see this guy's like picture outside of the role, I hate him. Yeah, and it's, it's like, like Joffrey, you acted Malfoy. you acted it so well that I hate you as a person, and you're not that person. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I yeah, I, mean, I yeah, don't want to see your stupid face ever again. It's it's the Malfoy Joffrey problem, except you know they're like kids, and that's gonna follow them the rest of their lives. Yeah, oh yeah, and also Shameless has live action Goku in it. <laughs> the guy who played Goku. He's one of the main characters of the first two seasons. <laughs> but anywho, so Cody, I mean, I can't really ask you what was last week since first we're doing stories and second, um, last week was our kind of break because you had a horrible week. Oh, and yeah. Make your yeah. Life. And I don't want to make your life miserable. So um, I'll just uh, say, how have you been enjoying writing stories? Good. I I really am having trouble not writing more dialogue. I just keep like once I get to a part where characters are talking, I'm just like, <laughs> this is fun. I don't even care that I'm bad at it. It's just fun to do, and I have to like 
pull back. Oh, a I'm bit. I'm horrible at it. I just I don't know. What you'll be the judge on this um more more recent. Well, actually no, we're not even on the episode that I just wrote because I just wrote um episode 6, 5, 5, 6. I think I'm on 6. Uh, if it's two chapters ahead, that'd be six. This is four. P- yeah, p- paces changed quite a bit because I, I just wrote like a very long conversation between a couple of characters. And I was like, oh, yeah. But pacing has changed. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm doing a good job with the story. You be, just give me feedback and don't just rip me apart. Just give me actual constructive feedback. But I'm like enjoying I've this. given fairly good feedback so you far. You have. You've helped make, shape some of this. But I mean, this chapter, not so much because this is... This is my idea even before we did the story thing. Like, I was going to write this part of this no matter what. Um, yeah. Not, not necessarily how it turned out, but I was always going to write this part of the story. So I guess I can go into it since I go first on these. Um, go for it. So my so what has happened so far is that we had this character, Danny, who... um, Kind of doing this for the audience, even though more for myself because it's been like three weeks four weeks since we started this character danny he's coming back home from um pretty much running away from home after graduation and wants to make amends with his parents finds out that um there is a doppelganger clone in his place and his parents were murdered by the doppelganger and he gets effed up by it before finally putting a stop to it he wakes up in the hospital and the um leader of this government-run uh, paranormal agency called no name invites him to be part of um the group and he just started his first mission with his new partner nate who kind of doesn't like him but they're trying to work together and their goal was to find this and not well was to rescue this anomaly that was um under the care of some dyi cultists who believed that they could use the anomaly to gain the power of the devil Oh yeah, this was the goat, right? This is the Yeah, this was the goat. So so what yeah. happened last week last time was um Nate so they came running out of the church wearing cult robes and had a symbol on their forehead and they were carrying a goat under their arms and that's where it ended. So I'm gonna pick right back up with um that scene. So yeah, so characters Danny, Nate, and that's pretty much all that's in this episode. Um, this is, uh, sorry, part four, Saving Lambert. The chapter title is also called Saving Lambert. Nate was still running as fast as they could, knees pumping up and down towards their chest. I had to laugh because they looked absolutely ridiculous wearing dark purple cult robes with a weird black symbol on their head and carrying a small goat under their arm. I could only assume the goat was the anomaly. Was Nate working their butt off to save a small goat? What could this little guy do? It started to make sense why Nate wanted to airlift this goat somewhere rather than locking it in some vault or destroying it. It seemed cute enough. More cult members burst through the door yelling unintelligibly and pointing. They were all large, chunky men, so it didn't seem like they could run too fast. Nate finally reached the van with great speed and dove inside headfirst, turning their bodies so their shoulder absorbed all the impact when they smashed against the opposite door. Lucky for them, they had previously put all the seats in the back down or else that would have been disastrous. Out of the corner of my eye, I noticed a fat cultist with purple and gold robes wielding a sawed-off shotgun move to the front of the crowd. (laughs) He must have been the leader. 
You will pay for your betrayal, child! I heard him scream as he cocked the shotgun. What are you waiting for? Just go! Nate yelled, flailing their arm forward as if motioning me to pull away. I hit the door button again. Couldn't risk the goat or Nate falling out as I peeled off. Suddenly, I heard a BAM as the fat man fired the shotgun. He was way too far away to hit anything, but I heard pellets from the gun scatter across the parking lot. It was far enough off, sorry, it was far off, but enough to get my heart started. A few of the cultists jumped in their cars to give chase as the fat leader waddled a few steps and began screaming orders. This was my cue to get the hell out of there. I slammed down on the gas and the tires screeched as we peeled out of there. Nate jolted forward as they were scurrying to lift the seat up and get buckled in. They sat with the goat in their lap and strapped the seatbelt over it as if to hold it in, in the seat with them. Holy shit, yes! Nate yelled from the back seat. You got it, dude! The anomaly is a goat? I yelled back. Hey, 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 hey! You might want to slow down. We aren't actual cops or anything. The police can still and will still pull us over. Nate said, trying to catch their breath and focus. Are you sure? I said back frantically. That didn't seem like a good idea. I watched from behind as two pickup trucks and a blue sedan followed us from a distance. The two trucks split off to the right and left on branching roads as we continued down the straight path towards the hospital. The blue sedan kept with us, even when another car pulled behind me. I had a feeling they were planning to cut us off. Well, if we get pulled over, it will be an absolute disaster, because we technically stole from a church. They would just send the anomaly back to those assholes, thinking we are some PETA protesters, and we might spend the night in holding before Alistair bails us out, Nate said quickly. I heeded their words and slowed down to the speed limit. I had to breathe. It was okay. We were just being pursued by a couple of beer bellies with shotguns. I thought you said those guys would be asleep by the time you went to nab the anomaly. Yeah, about that. Like I said, even if you plan your ass off, things can and will go wrong. Turns out they have been on to me for the last week or so. Guess I got too eager. Suspected I was planning something. They switched the coffee back and pretended to fall asleep. And when I went for Lambert, they popped up and gave chase. I kicked the fat one in his face and ran for it. Now here we are, Nate said with frustration creeping in their voice. I couldn't tell if they were upset that things went wrong or upset at me for asking. It didn't help that I wasn't really even a part of this mission, just doing exactly what Nate said with zero context of what was going on. Lambert, huh? I said, trying to change the conversation from the situation we found ourselves in. Yep. Meet Lambert. Ain't he a cutie pie? This is an anomaly we were searching for. Could you believe those pricks thought they could sacrifice this little dude and gain the power of Satan? Nate said with a laugh. Ha 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 ha. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Ooh, <laughs> be better. I know. I tried to add like the actual laughs and I keep forgetting where I put like they said with a laugh. And so I'm just like, ta ha. Anyways, you know, I was thinking the anomaly was going to be some sort of ancient amulet or maybe a gemstone or something, an object of ultimate power. Are you sure this is our guy? I said, laughing back. I was trying not to give into the stress of our situation on the road. The blue sedan was creeping closer, and now there was nothing separating us from the cultist. He's our guy, all right. This guy has got to be one of the bigger pings I've ever seen on our detector. 
I confirmed it multiple times because I didn't quite believe it myself. I don't know what he does, so hopefully he won't bleat and evaporate us or anything like that. Part of me thought this job would be more serious, but I guess saving a goat was still something. A yellow light was coming up and the blue car crept closer. I didn't want to give them the chance of getting out of the car and getting us. We would be sitting ducks at a red light. I decided to take a chance. I pulled the wheel down hard to the left and skidded through a left turn in front of oncoming cars. Barely scraped out all right, then I gunned it. The blue car couldn't give chase, so we were free for the time being. Nice! I heard Nate cheer from the back seat as Lambert bleated encouragements. Just like the slow speed chases from the movies, Nate laughed. I knew where I was. Sometimes you don't just forget those old roads. From here, I would take the back way to the hospital and we would be home free. Another yellow light was coming, but since there was nothing chasing me, I decided to go straight. We were halfway through the intersection before I even noticed. There was no way it wasn't a stroke of bad luck. Before I could even react, I saw a red pickup truck fly through the intersection from the corner of my eye. It struck our minivan on the back driver's side and sent us spinning. The airbag burst, punching me in the face, but I gripped the wheel and tried to bring the vehicle back into control. I screamed to the back to make sure everyone was safe, but all I could manage was a quick, HOLD ON! We were spinning so fast that I didn't see where it came from, but another car hit us on the passenger side. I felt the car lift off the ground and flip. The impact was hard, causing the windshield to shatter and the windows of the car to explode, sending beads of glass flying, cutting my face and arms. Nate was yelling something from the back, and Lambert was bleeding with, bleating with terror. I felt the seatbelt dig into my collarbone to keep me from smashing my head on the roof of the car. The world was spinning out of control, and I felt the car skid to a stop. That's when everything went completely and utterly silent. All I could hear were the panicked bleats of a crying goat and the harsh gasp of air from my new partner in crime. It felt like the world had come to a complete standstill. I hung there upside down for a second, trying to catch my breath. My vision was still blurred from the airbag punch, and my heart was pounding in my chest like a double bass pedal in a metalcore song. I felt that with this amount of adrenaline, I could lift the whole car and carry it over my head. I took a deep breath and looked around. All of the cars were stopped, and from my angle, it looked like the cultist who hit us first was just standing there by his car, watching, waiting. It seemed as if some of the exploded glass was still hanging in the air. I must have gotten hit hard enough to rattle my brain. The accident was potentially life-threatening, and even though I survived the doppelganger, there was still something in me that just didn't care about my own safety. I hung there, trying to figure out what to do next. I didn't hear them get out of the car, but I heard Nate's shaking voice come from outside. <sighs> hey, if you're, if you're not dead yet, you should, you should probably get out, of, get out here. It was time to move. We still had a mission to do, but something was off. It was completely silent. No voices, no honking from cars, no sounds of the engines running, not even a bird in the sky or the usual ambient sounds of town. Only Nate and a panicking goat. Maybe Nate knew what was up. I unbuckled my seatbelt and forced myself through the driver's side window, knowing the door wasn't going to open. I finally pushed myself out of the car, feeling the broken glass scraping against my back. I stood slightly off kilter and looked around. I realized why it was silent out. It wasn't an adrenaline rush. It wasn't due to my eardrums being damaged or a head injury. But time around us had literally stopped. 
The accident was just frozen. Nate's car looked like it could still slide, but was just stuck. Beads of glass hung in the air. The second car that hit us had collided with the pole, and smoke was starting to come from the front of the car, but it was just frozen there in the air. I looked up and saw that birds were frozen mid-flight. They didn't fall to the ground, but they just hung there in the same position, just stopped, motionless. The other cars were frozen, with a few people seeming to be reaching for their doors to get out and help, and the cultist who had hit us had stepped out of his car with a pistol in hand. The man was frozen mid-stride, and I can only assume he was on his way to finish the job. Was this the power of Lambert? Did the accident cause the goat to freeze time out of some defense mechanism? I was terrified at what had happened, but also relieved to know that Lambert had stopped us from being killed by weird beer belly cultists. Drink of water. End of story, that's all. We just got to say. No, um, that's actually, I only wrote um, four parts. We're done. To, uh, okay, well, well, I guess it's just going to be me doing this by myself for a long time then. Or just me listening. It's like, oh, hey, yeah, good job, Cody. You're doing great. Anyways. <laughs> Nate walked from the back of the vehicle, cradling Lambert, rocking him back and forth, trying to calm him. Despite their efforts, the goat was still crying and shaking. They had a worried look on their face as they approached me. This is bad. Really bad. Turns out this guy is a time shift. We need to move now. Nate said. They were shaking. I couldn't tell if they were fearful of time freezing or if it was the effects of the crash. I didn't really even know what a time shift was. Just by their tone and body language, I knew it was bad. Just didn't know how bad yet. What? What is a time shift? I said, and Nate shot me a surprised but angered look. Hey, I've only had a week to prepare. I'm really trying right now. Hold Lambert. Try to calm him down. I'm not really good with animals, so you'll have to do it, okay? They said, handing Lambert over to me. They walked towards the cultist and began prying the pistol out of his hand, undid his hip holster, and began putting the gun on. Okay, quick anomaly 101. A time shift is any anomaly that can manipulate the t flow of time. Freeze, speed it up, travel back and forth, slow it down. Whatever it may be, they shift the time around them. So, it's like the movies... You screw with time and bad things happen, right? I said, rocking Lambert back and forth. <laughs> you catch on quick. If we don't get out of here fast, we are screwed. Nate said, reaching to the car. I think they forced the keys out of the ignition and took them and threw them into the grass on the side of the road. Okay, let's go. They yelled. Nate bleated loudly. Sorry. Lambert bleated loudly in fear, shaking even more. Wait, are we walking back to the hospital? It's the only option. Think about it this way. Time is dead right now. And when you die, everything in your body stops working. Nothing here will work. Engines won't fire. Belts won't pull. The wheels won't burn rubber. Plus, all the cars on the road are stopped. It will take more time getting around them. We need to go. There's a straight path there. Will that be okay? I asked concerned. It has to be okay. We need to go now. Nate's behavior hinted that there was something about the situation they weren't quite telling me. Something else was going on beyond just time stopping. Why else would we have to rush if time was frozen? Should we... Should we just be leaving the car here? What about the accident? Time starts up again and then what? An accident and no driver. How do we explain that one? Look, I'm going. You need to follow me. 
We can't afford to have you fall behind. Plus, if we stay here, the cultists will be on our asses when time restarts. If time doesn't restart, then things will be worse, okay? Nate said with a bitter intensity. I feel like there's something you aren't telling me, I said back. But when I looked up, Nate was already on their way. I quickly followed to catch up to them. Nate darted through the grass back behind the residential area. They kept pushing forward without hesitation. It was very clear from their movements that they knew exactly where they were going. Again, I was expected to just follow behind, no questions asked. We pushed through a small cattail infested creek and up a hill. I remembered hearing about the kids back in elementary school catching frogs around here. I was never invited, probably would have never been allowed to go anyways. Nate trudged on through roadways filled with unmoving cars and in yards where frozen children played tag. It was almost impossible to keep up with them as Lambert kept struggling in my arms. I tried to pet him and calm him down, repeating the words, it'll be alright, in his ear. But he kept bleating and shaking. I was out of breath. It was a continued struggle the whole way, but Nate wasn't stopping. They were pushing forward and holding the gun in front of them like they were expecting something to jump out at them. I couldn't tell if it was paranoia from the job or if they knew something was coming for us. I tried to rack my brain and figure out if I knew something else about time shifts. I had read through the reading materials Alistair had given me, but they were all jumbled together in my head. A big blur of stories, monsters, and events. But yet, there was nothing in my head about space-time anomalies. I was starting to think I was not cut out for this job. Hey, can we take a quick break? I called forward to Nate, who was 15 feet in front of me and gaining in distance every second. They whipped around with a look of anger and fear on their face. We don't have time for a quick break, they called back frustrated. It doesn't matter. Time isn't moving at all. It's been a struggle trying to keep up with Lambert in my arms. We need, a, we need to take a second to regroup, I said, beginning to take deep breaths. I would have put Lambert down if I knew he wouldn't immediately try to run away. I was afraid that trying to catch him again would only make things worse. We were supposed to be saving him, but he felt more like a hostage. Nate let out a deep breath and put their hands on their head. Okay, okay, hopefully a few seconds won't hurt. They paused and spoke under their breath. Shit, shit, I really fucked up here. I should have gathered all the information before forcing Alistair to let me extract Lambert. Everything has gone to absolute shit. We are so screwed. What aren't you telling me? I said sternly as I walked up to Nate. Nate relented, letting out a deep sigh. Let's get going. I'll explain as we walk, they said as they began to walk again, this time moving at a much more manageable pace. Messing with time can mess up everything. You know the whole butterfly flaps its wings thing. Yeah, but we haven't gone back in time, so what's up? I said, still not understanding what they were getting at. Yes, but we are currently outside of time and can still manipulate things that shouldn't be messed with, they continued. Look, I've never seen them because this isn't something that normally occurs in my life, but there are things in place in this reality that make sure the rules of time and space are followed. If you went back in time to mix things up, eventually you would get got. These things that make sure the flow of time is obeyed are called time wraiths. Crap, so are you saying these time wraiths will be coming for us? I said, looking left to right, making sure we weren't being watched or followed by anything. 
Look, I don't know when or where, but they will be coming for us. I'm surprised they haven't already, Nate said. I could hear the fear in every word. We passed through another set of woods. I recognized the area. We were only a mile or so away from the hospital. We could make it back and Alistair and the rest of the team could help us out. What happens if the wraiths catch us? No one knows that. The possibility is most likely death. But from his studies, Alistair believes the time wraith will simply erase us from time. Every trace of us would cease to exist. We can worry about that when we get there. Either way, let's keep going. I don't need to find out, Nate said anxiously. They were just as scared as I had been. Why can't we just reset time? I asked Nate. The answer seemed too easy. You tell me. You've been holding him this whole time. He can't be consoled. We can figure it out later at headquarters, but right now we need to get to safety before the race come, Nate said, picking up their pace. We were close enough that their thought process made sense. Get to the hospital, and I could put the goat down and comfort him a bit. Time would go back to normal, and we would be okay. Everything was going to be okay. Just when those thoughts ran through my head, I felt a chill go down my spine, and I stopped. I could, I could tell Nate felt it too. They stopped and looked back at me in horror, and I turned around to see what they were gawking at. It was far enough away, but was still a concern. Floating in the air was a bone-thin white hand with long, scraggly fingers. It grasped onto seemingly nothing and began to pull its body into our reality. First was a distorted white head that poked through the nothingness. It had large, hollowed-out black eyes and a jagged mouth filled with rows and rows of tiny, sharp teeth. Its long body pulled through the hole in reality, and we saw an emaciated torso with ribs showing and long, bony legs. The race stood about ten feet tall, hunched over, and it took its first wide step. My heart was racing. Sure, it wasn't a doppelganger. It was something much worse. Lambert let out an ear-piercing cry, and I turned back to Nate as if to ask, What shall we do? Nate turned back to me, eyes wide open and shaking with fear. They opened their mouth and said one thing to me. RUN! And that's my fourth part. I liked that. I was I was about to say, like, um, like where you were in the story, I was like, you should end soon so you end on, like, a good cliffhanger, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was the... That's why I went that, like, little extra bit, because, like, I want... I didn't want to say, like, okay, we're just walking around. I wanted to have, like, something creepy at the end. Yeah, no, that was good. I liked that a lot. Time raves. Yeah, so so the saving Lambert part, the, like, saving the goat thing was something that I had, like... I... Even the name Lambert was something that I had written, like a long time ago like where the idea of like oh going in a cult is about to sacrifice a goat and then like finding out that the goat does actually have magical powers <laughs> and I, I just like 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 the person goes like they kind of like instantly have a connection with the goat so like i'm gonna save this goat and then the goat actually turns out to have magical powers and the story i originally written it for was magic and science world and the magical powers the goat was actually going to like have like have some attachment to a fiend or like greater evil and that was going to be like the joke the whole time but this i was like let's just make him a time like controlling goat uh i think that's pretty fun yeah no i like that (laughs) i i I enjoyed that whole chapter um i liked the way i liked the way that you wrote the dialogue with um 
is the main character's name Daniel? Yeah, Daniel. Yeah. Danny, either one. Um, I liked the way... Is it Danny? Yeah, just either one. Danny, Daniel's fine. So I liked the way Danny and Nate talked at the end because... Um, the the reason for Nate being defensive and hostile made sense, which is that they messed up mm. and now they're yeah they're worried about it, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's not necessarily his fault, but it's like oh, like not necessarily Danny's fault, but it's like Nate is tense because yeah, they got in way over their head, thought they weren't, got cocky, got screwed. Yeah, that 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 worked. I liked that conversation. Also, like the description of the chase was good. So you, yeah, I liked that chapter. Yeah, that was thank that you. Was a good chapter. I. I really did try. I, I really did try. And then, yeah, we'll we'll see next week how that goes. <laughs> We're writing very different stories, Jordan. The pace. Ve- I mean, the pace, the pace is so oh, different. <laughs> yeah. So so this section of the story ends next week, and I pick up immediately with the um like last story arc. Yeah. And mine but the last story arc is going to... to be what four four or five chapters. So like the last story arc is going to be big. I just right. finished writing the first like the first like actual in the mission part of it and it's a lot of dialogue back and forth stuff so like i slowed like i speed up to get like because i wanted to get both characters i wanted to establish like who they are how they interact with each other and then i wanted to do like something slower where we because i didn't want to just like have a whole thing them meeting and be their first mission i wanted like few missions they know each other a little bit and like they're both trying to figure out something so i could deal with i could deal with bigger issues um, anyway, that's me in space. All right, so that's me. So my story is starting up after um, Amy Grimes has just realized that she has a lot of money and quit her job and is sitting. On- oh yeah, yeah. She Why? immediately called the boss. Like, no, God. no. Stop the podcast. <laughs> Why do you have what? a sock puppet? I don't know what you're talking about. This Did is you an audio medium? Just pull Cut off your audio. shoe. And strip your foot so- bare. Sock? Sock. It's a clean sock that was sitting by the side of the desk. I don't like care how clean it is. <laughs> Anyways. Um, no one had to know that because guess what, Cody? They did. Audio media. Hey, did Cody, look that. at me. Audio medium. No one's going to get why I'm doing this voice because I'm just going to delete everything. Anyways, so <laughs> it's picking up with um, a person getting out of a car and saying you must be amy that was where yeah, the story is younger anyways yeah, he's a younger sibling well sibling son. he's a son he's a son sorry i forgot you've been listening to the story at all His it was two life. weeks ago cody all right you must be amy dad told me to come and find you and give you a lift i'm milo clover yep that's me i bounced to my feet I've not bounced in years, it feels like, but I now think that I actually have a reason to bounce. You're supposed to take me to some creepy old house, right? His face falls. Who told you the house is creepy? I wouldn't call it creepy, it has character. That's all, but it can be quite homey. Uh, sorry, no one told me it was creepy, but you know, someone just died there, so it, I don't know, strikes me as maybe a little creepy. I felt a little deflated after this, and the car ride got awkward. We were just silently driving out of town. There were tall pine trees that grew right to the edge of a sheer cliff face over the ocean. I sat in the car, and the silence stretched. Hey, sorry, I didn't know you were so attached to the house. 
Oh, it's all right. Just spent a lot of time there, and, well, it does have a certain reputation, but really it just needs some love again. That house used to be something fantastic. As we drive, the forest grows dark as the sun is blotted out by massive pine trees that march a dark green parade to the coast. Occasionally, I can I catch a glimpse through the trees, sharp rocks and blue water. I sit back on the rich leather seats and feel relief. Cannot believe it still. I'm free of so much worry, but something else is starting to nag. What do I do next? What do I do with the rest of my life? It's scary. For years, I've had an excuse to underachieve. I needed the money. I needed the job. But what do I do when I'm free? I'm very worried to find out it won't be very much. My musings are interrupted when we pull up to a massive wrought iron gate. Well, this is it. I hope you won't find the new place a disappointment. Oh, I'm sure it'll be wonderful. In my mind, I doubt it, but whatever. I, but whatever I need to tell this guy. Would you like to go up to the house first or pay your respects? Your family has a graveyard. It's a short drive around the grounds, and it is a beautiful location, a good place to feel the history of your whole clan. Mm, yeah, let's see the house first. I'm not sure I'm going to feel welcome at the graveyard. Milo looks at me puzzled. <laughs> All right, Miss Grimes. We idle forward, and the gate splits open. We crest a small hill, and... Oh, sorry. You, do you ever... <laughs> I, this happens to me all the time where I, like, have a line, and I'm like, that must be a typo, and then I read it, and I'm like, oh, nope, that's that's a sentence. Anyways. Yeah. We crest a small hill and leave the cover of the trees, and I must admit, I was shocked. The house was on the coast, a massive red brick building. It had symmetrically spaced windows on three separate stories, and there must have been at least two dozen bedrooms. Then on the front right side, there was a tower with a, a cone roof that interrupted the uniform look of the rest of the house. Ivy had grown up the side, but it did not make the house look run down, but rather distinguished and wise. We pulled up to the front door on a circular driveway with a beautiful garden in the middle. It almost reminded me of a hotel. Mello jumps from the car and runs around to open the door for me. He offers me a hand and... I take it and let him assist me out of the vehicle and then escort me into the mansion. He then unlocks the door, and this is kind of now starting to bother me. Why does this man have a key to my house? Inside is a massive foyer with paintings hanging on the walls and stone statues and stone statues scattered around like guests frozen in place. The statues all seem to be carved as if they are wearing robes and carrying daggers. This entry has been like this for generations. The statues have been said to guard your family for years. And through here is the dining room, where you can host all manner of social gatherings, as your uncle did, and it will be good for you to meet his friends. Then right through here is a library. I have had many, I have many fond memories of wonderful discussions held in that room over fine brandy. Oh, Miss Grimes, I could show you to your new bedroom. The portraits in that room really tell so many stories. I stop as he tries to lead me upstairs. He looks confused. Miss Grimes, can I have my key, please? Oh, um, yes, I could make you a copy and then, no, no, I'll just take the one you have. Thanks. Um... Also, do you mind waiting outside for a moment? He looks more wounded than I had really meant. Uh, sorry, Milo. I just want to experience this place for myself and try to understand my uncle a little bit better. 
of course, please, if you need anything, come out and find me, is out of the door. I slump onto a red upholstered bench and sigh. I look with disgust at the statues that look way too creepy to stay in here if I'm going to own the place. I'm just starting... I am just standing and trying to move one of the statues when I hear faint laughing. The shadows boil as I realize the house is far too... And I feel fear lance through me. I can smell it again, fresh earth and something damp. I can see the shadows crawling across the wall. Um, crawling across the wall and... Gosh! Crawling across the floor and up the wall. And my heart begins to race. When... From yet another unexplored room, a woman backs into the foyer with a mop and a bucket. She's laughing quietly. I have to say, I love seeing Milo get kicked out of here. Okay, and you are? Because I could kick you out too. Oh, you could try, the woman says. She has straight black hair cut short and parted on the side. She wore an apron and a grin that seemed like almost a threat. She was my age, but still kind of scared me a little. I'm Mary. Her dangerous grin broke. Nice to meet you, Miss Grimes. Hi, Mary. So, what are you doing in my house? Well, you should know I work for you after all. Nope, no one works for me. Well, that's bad news. Your uncle hired me to take care of the house, and I'm still getting paid, so I'm still here. There are a few of us around. I very much hope that we're not all about to be fired. I hesitate. I not considered that me burning down this giant stupid house might mean hurting other people. Well, I gotta say, silence was not what I was hoping for. No, I just didn't realize that I would have to think about this. I'm not firing anyone. She smiles again with that same sharp grin. Well, if I still work for you, come on to the kitchen. I can make you some lunch. That sounds great. We walk through the creepy foyer to a room behind the massive formal dining room and my... And I suddenly start to fall in love with this house. I might not love the overall aesthetic of creepy statues and old paintings, but this kitchen is like heaven. Stainless steel work tables and massive gas cooking ranges. A walk-in fridge and freezer. There are stacks of ovens and it smells divine. Hanging from hooks over the work tables are pots and pans and frying pans and saute pans, cast iron. It's all clean, but spacious and bright. Sunlight pours in from a deck with an equally beautiful outdoor kitchen. Mary stops. See something you like, Miss Grimes. <laughs> what? Well, yes. I gotta say, I could really burn down this whole house, but just let me keep the kitchen, alright? Oh, Mr. Grimes certainly wanted to decorate in here as well, but he got tired of grease building up on the family tapestries, and then there were some burns on uh, some expensive curtains that he put up. I snort. You splashed grease on my family paintings? Well, it was mostly an accident. I might have to reconsider firing you. Maybe my cooking will convince you. Would you like to help? Yes. What are we making? Well, I have a lot of fresh seafood. I have stock going right now, just some shells and vegetables. I'm kind of thinking of a bisque with clams and a parsnip puree, then topped with seared scallops. My mouth is already watering. The kitchen is huge and already smells like seafood from the bubbling stock. We both set to work. It's been almost 10 years since I've cooked with someone and it's fun. Mary's tasting the soup while I start chopping up parsnips into large chunks and 
get a saucepan on and set it to boil. Mary then pulls these massive scallops out of the fridge that look as though they've been dry brined. So, you think we should grill these or pan fry them with butter? Oh, well, it's a little cold outside for the grill. We have one in here, of course. She points over to an indoor grill, and I decide I'm never going to leave this place again. I want to use the grill. Well, it is yours after all. I start heating the grill while I puree the parsnips and set them aside to be mixed in later. Mary, meanwhile, is straining the broth and adding rice and lets it boil while mixing occasionally. So, Mary, are you the cook here? Well, yes, in a manner of speaking. I did a lot around the house. Maid feels a little outdated. Professional helper, maybe. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> you say what to your own... <laughs> no, I said what with entirely the wrong inflection. My bad. Oh, oh I thought you said what to your own thing. Like, you just read it like, what? <laughs> Oh, what was my uncle like? I didn't know him, and you seem to have spent a lot of time here. What can you tell me? Yeah, that's true. He was eccentric. He hosted a lot of parties. We didn't really speak much. He just kind of kept to himself. I kept the place tidy and cooked tons of meals for all these old people in fancy suits or robes. And what, they just ignored you? Uh, well, no, kind of the opposite. It was like, you know, when you meet... Old relatives, and they just ask you a ton of innocuous questions. I know she didn't mean to, but I can't help but feel my smile falter as I realize I have no idea what it's like to have an old person want to talk to you just because you were related. Mary sees my face drop. Oh, Miss Grimes, I'm sorry. Your uncle did mention about finding you and about your parents. I, I forgot. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I just... If he knew about me, why did he leave me alone? He could have called before he died, or written, or paid someone to come and talk to me in person. I mean, look at this place. I've been living in a shoebox for ten years. I realize I'm shouting. Sorry, I'm not mad at you. I'm just, well, I'm mad at no one now, I guess. I can't say I know why Mr. Grimes left you alone. He, he lived here by himself, you know. Sure, he had parties, but mostly he just sat up in the tower and... Asked me to bring him the most plain food and water while he poured over old books and studied old junk. He was lonesome. Yeah. The silence begins to stretch on again. Mm, so you want to grill those scallops? Soup is about done. I'm just going to add the clams and parsnip and set it to simmer. I turn to the now hot grill and start to cook again. It's so much fun that I kind of forget to feel awkward about the silence. I'm just finishing up as Mary mixes cream into the soup and puts it into two bowls, a garnish of fresh chopped parsley and ground nutmeg. I then drop three still-smoking scallops into each bowl. We both dig in right there in the kitchen. It tastes amazing. Mary, this is great. Oh yeah, I know. This is one of my favorites. Do you have more favorite recipes? Oh yeah, tons. Like I said, I used to cook all the time for Mr. Grimes' parties and... Mary? Yes, Miss Grimes? First, call me Amy. Second, would you like a job? Amy, I already work for you. Uh, right. Mary, would you like a promotion? More money? Sure. What did you have in mind? How would you like to be the head chef at the Grimes Bed and Breakfast? Mary snorts. 
Um, well, I'm pretty certain your uncle and the Clovers would hate the idea of this place being turned into a glorified hotel. I smile. Mary, I'm certain that my dead uncle cannot care about anything anymore. Oh my god, I left Milo outside! I rush outside after wolfing down the amazing soup. Milo is sitting in his very fancy car on a little laptop typing away. Milo, I am so sorry. I saw the kitchen and then I was cooking and then I was eating and then I totally forgot I left you out here. Milo looks kind of resigned as he gets out of his car and stretches. It's quite alright, Miss Grimes. The car is comfortable and... No, no, I feel terrible. It's been like an hour. Miss Grimes. I should be apologizing. I can tell this place and this town is strange to you. I, I know my dad also can be a lot. I think we all just assumed you would be your uncle. And that was not fair of us. Or really, it was not fair of me. I'm glad you picked up on that, because otherwise I think I was going to end up being a pretty big disappointment. No, we can expect nothing from you. If you want to make this town your new home, we would be glad to have you as part of the community. And for my part, I would like to be friends with who you actually are, and not who we all thought you would be. Oh, great. Well, that's actually really good to hear. Do you know a good contractor? Because I'm going to turn that creepy old house into a bed and breakfast with an amazing restaurant. Milo just stares. Then he smiles. My dad is going to have thoughts about that. My house, right? You can take me to the graveyard now. Milo parks his car and leads me up the grassy hill to a grove of haunting larch trees. Lark trees? L-A-R-C-H. Larch or lark? Oh, that's not part of the story. You're actually I'm asking I'm actually me. asking uh, you. I, I feel crazy. Wow, that's really, you're really doing it. Um, I, larch? I actually don't know. I'm going to go larch. Larch trees. Now bear. Yeah, sure. And having left... <laughs> I thought you were, just, you were just that in character that I just didn't <laughs> no. know. I'm sorry. Milo parked his car and leads me up the grassy hill to a grove of haunting larch trees. Now bare, having left piles of yellow needles on the ground. The skeletal trees do nothing to block the howling coastal winds and the faint smell of salt, decay, and fresh earth. Milo leads me to a massive stone sculpture of a bearded man in robes holding a book and a dagger. Is that my uncle? He's not what I expected. Thought he, like, wore a tuxedo and had a top hat. Oh no! Archibald was far more... Genial. This is Henry Grimes, the first Grimes to ever live here and begin to establish the town. He's credited with many discoveries and also started a social club that your uncle still belonged to at the time of his death. He watches over your family and is said to bless them with knowledge and courage. Hey, can I, can I have a minute? I, I just want to be alone with, with my uncle. You know, he was my last family and all. Oh, of course, I, I understand. Take your time. Milo retreats back down the hill to stand next to his car. He gets out his cell phone and starts tapping away. I smile and crouch down on the ground and place my hand on the sharp needles covering the freshly turned earth. Hey, uncle. It's nice to finally meet you. I wish I could say that I cared that you're dead, but to be honest, I don't. You didn't have to leave me alone, you twisted old man. Who leaves a child alone? You left me thinking no one cares. I spent years, years hoping someone would come and make me feel like they cared about me. But you know what? It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm glad I never had to meet someone as small as you. Enjoy your grave, uncle. Also, by the way, I don't care what your plans are or what the Clover's plans are for me. 
The house and the money are mine now, and my dearest hope is that whatever I choose to do with them makes you roll over in your grave. And that is the end of chapter four. Ah, I like it. No, I liked it a lot. Um, Definitely, I understand, like, truly your message earlier to me of, like, I love writing dialogue so much. I'm at seven pages already. I think you did a good job with the dialogue. I, I think you did a great job. I keep... I was waiting... Every time for- I would start being like... Because this is what happened. is like, I wrote a lot of it, like, pretty late last night. And then I was like, okay, yeah. today, you know, I just need, like, ten minutes to go through and clean up. You know, just, like, fix punctuation, whatever. And then I would, like, start going through and be like, well, I want to add this here and then i like got yep. somewhere else i'm like oh trust me yeah just like more lines of dialogue and i'm like stop fix it you can't you're like throwing the rails in front of you bud you gotta read this in five minutes and i'm like still being like milo should apologize for being a jerk in this chapter yeah that's why i write all my stuff in advance because then i like every time i go back through it i always add stuff especially like dialogues like oh they could definitely say this or like maybe or something like there's been times i've changed like whole lines of dialogue where it's just like yeah why would they like instantly relent and be nice no no they're still gonna be a dick and it's, it's i don't know I, I like writing dialogue i'm bad at it but i like writing dialogue i liked where you went with the story i definitely thought that the old maid lady was going to be a ghost that was like my prediction for the chapter. It was like she, they were gonna go back in, and like there was gonna be no one. There oh well, I mean, she but she's not old. Ended. She's like thirty. The maid is thirty. Did you? Is is a line? She has black hair parted on the side. It's kind of short. Um, she what? It, Can you do the voice you did for the maid again, please? I had to distinguish them somehow. You know. Okay. So you okay. Sorry, I heard the lines, but you did the voice, and that's your old lady voice. And so I instantly went to, this is an old lady. Yeah, she was my age, but still scared me a little. Yeah, she's just supposed to look intimidating. Okay, okay. I thought she was an old maid because of the huh. No, she's not old. Okay. She's supposed to be, like, in her 30s. Well, either way, I thought the maid lady was going to be a ghost, and they were going to go in, and no one was going to be there. Well, no. But... No, no, you're not You're not hokey like that. But yeah, no, 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 I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. I... I I like, <laughs> I love the difference in pacing between me and you. I like, I like the pace of this. I'm, I'm intrigued with every chapter. Don't know where you're going with this. It's, it's really good. We, we've gotten some character developments. I, I yeah, like yeah. I, I also like where you. I like where you ended it. I like the ending at the graveyard. I, I thought that was really. Interesting. Yeah, like, the thing that I'm like, trying to, I don't know, like. I, I don't know if I made it. I think I like made it clear to you because of like talking about it, like how much yeah. Amy like did not have a family and felt that and finding out that she had a distant relative that just like knew about her Never and didn't tried, even yeah. try is just like, are you serious? 10 years I've been sitting in a shoebox, and well, I have a feeling we're going to get that solved a little bit later. Huh? Um, well, yeah, yeah. But like the, resentment she feels is like and then it's also kind of like that um like with the gloves off like what would this character do and it's just like oh well like definitely a middle finger to this uncle like so everyone that's like oh you need to like just become it's like oh no i'm gonna do something that i know he will hate (laughs) you know what i mean yeah exactly it's just simply go it's like i hope that you're not happy with it yeah because you kind of left me but yeah no i i i liked it i like what you're doing it's a good it's very entertaining to listen to so keep on i, I am glad you are enjoying it also there were some lines i thought were funny 
Um, yeah, no, I thought that you did a good job. Oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, Mary, would you like a job? Amy, I already worked for you. Already, yeah, <laughs> Amy, I already worked for you. Would you like a promotion? Okay, I'll take more money. But yeah, don't do the old woman voice. I just the whole time imagining like a freaking old lady. No, she's supposed to be young. Yeah, but you did old lady. Well, voice, what I was huh? trying to do was a like, uh, what's it called? Like a transatlantic accent, just because that's distinct. Ah, yeah, it's trans- transatlantic. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was like I making her it. sound like Audrey Hepburn. At least that was. I'm sorry, that's not a good Audrey Hepburn impression. I don't think it is. But that no, was that was old. That was Cody's old lady voice. <laughs> Like, in my imagination, this character kind of also looks like Audrey Hepburn. Um, but, you know, this is irrelevant. Have I talked to you about, like, I don't know, I really like Audrey Hepburn. Like, he's one of my favorite actors. No, and... you've never you've never directly talked to me about Audrey Hepburn. Yeah, you've I really like Audrey Hepburn. Like, not in sure. a particularly, like, oh, she's so hot. Like, I don't mean like that. I just mean, like, I actually, it's like Susan Sarandon is another one of those actors where I'm like, yeah, Susan they Sarandon's are both great. amazing. Susan Sarandon's wonderful. Yes, she is good in everything. She just makes every movie she's in better. Like, anytime someone yeah. has, like, a movie and they're like, oh, man, this is missing. So it's just like, we'll put Susan Sarandon in it, and all of a sudden it's a good movie. Anyways, I, I really like See, that's movie. what they should have done to all those movies I don't like. Anyways, yeah, I think Cody. Susan Sarandon could have saved Ghost in the Shell, is my point. Oh my god, she would have. <laughs> but way. she shouldn't have been the major. She should have been, uh, what's his name? I want to say... Batosai, but that's not it. That's the manslayer. No, Batosai is running. Oh gosh, what's his name? Bato. 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 (laughs) Can you imagine Susan Sarandon with like nightmare eyes doing like a gravelly voice? She would have freaking killed that role, dude. She would have destroyed. Oh, that makes me so happy. She would have done. She would have done so well. Okay, Cody. She just is always so like warm. And nice and just being being Bato would be perfect. Okay, Major, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and Susan Sarandon is just like always just like ah! It's like what? What is happening in this movie? And you know what? The movie would have been enriched because it would have. It would have been better. Which I mean, honestly, Bato sucked in that movie, so you know. Yeah, right. Sorry. Alright, Cody, what are your plugs? Check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network on YouTube. On podcasts and sometimes on Twitch. Oh wow, you did that way faster than normal. I was about to send a text message, but you like don't text that. during okay, our podcast, Jordan. You've done it before. You received a phone call in the middle of our podcast. I did. Okay, guys, you can check me out at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv as well as um. Yeah, my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, where we talk about diversity in their culture. We've just recently... Sorry, what? I just, Did you like, just forgot forget what I was about one about. of your podcasts? I completely forgot. Hey. Even though I just worked I don't on remember today. the co-host's name of that podcast, but you just found out how... Leah, we we literally talked about her before Wait, we started. Wait, I thought you forgot right the name of We Belong. Did you did you mess up Side Characters? Oh, no. I messed up Side Jeez. Characters. <laughs> Yeah, even even worse. So, Leah, I'm going to delete all of that. So, you can catch me at the Side Characters Podcast or other podcasts about diversity and their culture, where recently we talked about cancel culture. It's a good episode. And you can also catch me on something I guess you're zero, where we do We Belong, a podcast about anime, where we will be reviewing um some animes that we watched recently. That's all I got, Cody. Why are you looking at me? I... Y- 
Oh shoot! Oh shoot! Am I am I the host it's of this podcast show. now and not just no. like your, your voice peasant that shows up and reads the way he's instructed? Voice peasant? I do all the I'm editing. I'm gonna start coding. calling myself here. voice peasant. <laughs> I, it's, it's a it's a good it's a good. Anyways, um, yeah, no, thank you guys for listening. As always, we will catch y'all on the flip side. I'm just brain dead. Bye. Bye.